Welcome to the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council with hosts Grace Evans and Moses Bratchard. Stay informed on the top stories on life, family, and religious freedom. Get the facts, stand for truth. Hello and welcome back to the Family Beacon Podcast. My name is Grace Evans. I'm here with Moses Bratchard. Today we are going to be talking about marriage, which brings <laughs> us to go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just couldn't resist. We will be talking about marriage, though. Um, We are actually very excited about this podcast episode. It's going to be a little bit different than normal. We will be talking about um, the recent vote on gay marriage, which is very current events. Moses will brief us on that short, briefly. And then I will be talking about a study done by National Review. Actually, not done by National Review, excuse me. But um, a study reported on by National Review about about how different studies that they have collected indicate that religious men and women who marry in their 20s without cohabitating first have the lowest odds of divorce in, mar- in, in of divorce in America. Um, so also we'll also be talking about that and then we will get into the truly exciting part of today's episode which Moses will be talking about his thoughts on marriage. I'll be talking about mine and we just we have some great things to talk about. I think this will be a great chill conversation based episode after we um, talk about the first few things. And I'm really excited just because you know Moses and I we just we have a good time here on the podcast. Yes, we do. We like the friendly banter. We hope you guys do too. Without further ado, though, Moses, why don't you let me know? Why don't you let our audience know uh, about the vote that just happened yesterday? Yeah. So um, in the United States House of Representatives, because. Uh, it's just such it's just political point scoring. Mm-hmm. But Roe v. Wade was not a federal law. It was a court case in the Supreme Court. So when it was struck down, there was no federal protections in abortion. Democrats had had nearly 50 years to attempt to try to put um, uh, to put abortion uh, into federal law. And they didn't they, they didn't try very hard, frankly. Uh, and then when they did try, they didn't succeed. So. Um, uh, now, after Roe v. Wade has been overturned, people are worried about other so-called rights, like the right to marry someone of the same sex as you, which is not actually a right. Um, so let me just be salty and get that right, get that out right there at the outset. So the U.S. House says we're going to vote. Nancy Pelosi wants to have a vote on um, same-sex marriage. So unfortunately, so this is this is a. Um, it's 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 just it's just not a marriage. Marriage is between a man and a woman. I'm I'm I may shock some people by saying that in 2022 it's true, it's always been true, it will always be true. No vote in the US House can uh, uh, overcome that and I will say that although it did pass the US House with every Democrat and 47 Republicans voting for it, it has a tougher um, a tougher um, uh, path in the Senate. So we'll see what happens there. I also want to, unfortunately, I have to, I have to, I have to say a thumbs up to uh, Minnesota representatives uh, Pete Stauber, um, who joined us at our annual dinner, mm-hmm. and Michelle Fishbach. They both voted against this bill. However, um, Minnesota Republican Representative Tom Emmer um, voted for this bill, and this is a. This is something that we're really disappointed uh, with Representative Emmer for doing. Um, that is going to be taken into account in our uh, in our voter guide uh, for mm-hmm. the the 2022 um, election. And so we're we're sad to see that we t- we take note of these things. We try to keep our representatives uh, accountable at the state and federal level. So um, marriage is in the news because there's this 
idea of what marriage is, which is wrong. So Grace and I today are going to be talking about Christian marriage from my perspective as a, a married uh, man and from Grace's perspective as a uh, single person who wants to eventually uh, get single married. Single person or single woman? A single woman <laughs> who, who wants to get married uh, eventually. So uh, I hope this is helpful this is to like you. Grace is like, mar- let's market Grace on this podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so we're excited about this episode. And uh, briefly, the thing that, like, made me think, okay, we should do a podcast episode on this topic was, um, well, number one, Moses and Brianna, Brianna's his wife, they're just such, like, a cute couple to watch, honestly. They're so cute. They have very adorable kids. Um, so, so there's that. They have a great marriage. Obviously, all marriages, like, have holes in them. Like, you don't see all the things that happen. Like, I'm sure that you and Brianna fight sometimes. Maybe you don't, and that would be a shocker to me. But <laughs> they have, like, it's just the sweetest thing. And so um, there's that. But then I also saw this article by National Review titled, Study, Marry Young, Marry Your First, and stay mm, married. Yeah. And there are a lot of different studies that are cited in this. There's one from Stanford, one from Harvard, and other prestigious institutions. But the main point of this article is that shared faith, um, if you have the same faith as your partner, is that's linked to more sexual fidelity, greater commitment, and higher relationship quality. And then the other take, main takeaway of this article is that um, if you're a religious woman or a religious man and you marry in your 20s without living together first, without sleeping together first, you have the lowest odds of divorce in the entire country. And so that really got me thinking um, on the other note of our audience, really, you guys really like to seem, you really seem to like when we talk about things like marriage um, because you guys like to hear about politics, but you guys also like to hear about, I mean, it's in our name, family, Minnesota Family right. Council. Yep. And so I thought, you know, we should really do a podcast episode on this. So that being said, we will have that National Review article linked below because it's fascinating. And we are going to go ahead and jump right on in. Moses, I would love to ask you a few questions because yeah. um, I just, I think it's great. It would be great for our audience just to understand understand a little bit of your background before you before I ha- ask you some deeper questions. But the first question I have for you is just how old were you when you got married? How long have you been married? And did you feel any pressure from family or friends to wait until you were older to get married? Yeah, I got married when I was uh, 25. I've been married for five and a half years. Um, and I don't I didn't really get a ton of pressure. Well, no, no, I didn't get any pressure. Um, my immediate family, mm. um, they're all like, you know, go like, it's funny because I have a younger brother, three years younger, and he had, he got married at um, age 19 or 20. Oh, wow. So I, by that standard, they I were like, was, get I, on it, get us some I grandkids. Felt, <laughs> I felt very far behind by that. Did he already have some kids by the time you got he married? He already had a kid That's, by the time I got married. And he's how much younger than you? And he's three years younger than wow. me. Wow. Yep. That's probably going to be my sister, Claire. I think she's going to get married You first. think so? Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, honestly, you know, um, NSA was, stands for not single anymore. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so, right. Uh, That's the, the, the context there is that Grace's from. sister uh, <laughs> is going to the same college I did, New Which St. Is Andrews College. college. And it's, and the initials are NSA, and the joke is it stands for not single anymore because it's a Christian college. Yeah, and there there is a lot of that, and I have to say I'm all in favor. Were you ringed by Spring Moses? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess I guess Brianna was in the sense that wow. she is. Wow, he swooped in and I, I swooped he in. took advantage yep. of how beautiful she was, how young she, she was. She was, she was beautiful, and she was not oh, old enough to know she that a, she should avoid me. Was she a freshman? <laughs> she was a freshman. Oh my gosh, I was got, a senior. She yep. got married her freshman second semester. She freshman got year. no, she oh, got okay. married. 
she got no no okay wow no, i was I'm gonna sorry. say yeah, that's no, shocking no, no we we got married during her senior year oh okay so you yeah, met her yeah, freshman year. yeah but yeah so there's a four-year age did gap. you date for four years or no no, no we okay. didn't even date for a year so we knew each other for a while mm-hmm. we were friends did um, you know you wanted to date her from the i beginning? i knew i knew just a, a, about a week or two before i graduated from college i was like dang this is a different mm. feeling um this does not feel like other feelings so that like i've had in the a past year after knowing her a bit oh let's see would it be yeah well, yeah. yeah a year okay. after knowing wow. her yep um yeah so so okay. and then and then there was a lot of uh, um um uh, there was there's some <laughs> drama um and then did you start dating sophomore her sophomore year or let's see we started dating in no we started dating january 2016 which would have been her junior mm. year and then we got married december 2016 which was her senior year okay wow yeah. So cute. Um, so thanks for that background. I think that's helpful. Uh, what is this is I feel like this is a huge question and maybe it's not the biggest thing, but one of the biggest things. What is the biggest thing you've learned over five and a half years of marriage? Well, I guess, you know, there are many things like I think, first of all, is the th- first thing about marriage is that you learn a lot. You mm-hmm. learn a lot about yourself, about your weaknesses. You learn about your your spouse, about their strengths and weaknesses. And I was I would probably say that the thing that I've learned that is probably the biggest thing is that men and women are made for marriage. Hmm. Like, it works. We have a relationship, my wife and I, where we we complement each other. Her strengths complement my strengths. Her strengths go in some fashion to make up for my weaknesses my strengths go some fashion to make up for her weaknesses. So a, a practical example of this, I'm not spilling any secrets, is that I'm, I'm just not a very good nurse. When somebody's sick, I'm just not very good at that, at, at helping them or, you know, mm-hmm. like I, obviously I want to do that. I'm just not really good at knowing what, let's say, a sick kid needs. Well, guess what? Our kids get sick a lot. That's just what happens. And Brianna is just so much She's amazing at dealing with that. Wow, you're just part of the patriarchy. You're, no, you're no, reinforcing no, no. general stereotypes. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Hey, I just want <laughs> to say, yesterday teasing. I got up with my screaming daughter at 6 a.m. because Aww. she has a she has a, a rash that's hurting her a lot. Aww. And, you know, something like that. Yeah. I, I well, uh, I, was I didn't take every right step, but I was I yeah. was able to absolutely give her the tender love and care. And Mary adores you. Like I haven't really seen you as much with Anselm, your youngest baby, but um, with Mary, like she just she looks up yeah. to you so much. It's so sweet, yeah. and I think that the role that fathers have is so essential. I mean, mothers and fathers, but they're different roles, right? And yeah. so she, you, yeah. she needs both, right? And, and yeah, so that's exactly exactly right. So um, kids, kids really, they just. They just—they absolutely do need. They need a mom and a dad, as mm-hmm. Grace once famously <laughs> said <laughs> uh, in a Minnesota Legislative Committee. When I was 11 years old. When, when she was 11 years old, so about t- two years ago. Good um, grief. The joke never gets old. I think he said that joke like 10 <laughs> times on this podcast. Um, Anyways. 10, so 10 the, times, the biggest... so that's three fewer than your age. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> so you're saying like there's a lot of things that you learn, and like the biggest thing you learn is that well, you're, you're, you're kind of getting to it. You're saying there's a lot of different yeah, it's things. Like, but it's not that marriage is always easy. It's certainly not. Um, but it's just that it's just that men and women are made for each other, that my wife and I are made for each other. 
we are made to be in the sort of covenantal relationship that we have. And we're also made to propagate that relationship into having children and raising them up in the nurture and admonition mm. of the Lord. And I have to say that even as a engaged, when I was engaged, I did not understand that. You know, it was it was absolutely a baptism by fire. <laughs> so, wow. Um, other question for you. I hear this thrown around a lot. I have a lot of thoughts on it. I'm guessing we will probably have a very similar response. But my question is, do you believe in the concept of the one? And do you know what I mean by that? Yes, or yeah. okay, for our audience, do you think our audience knows what we mean by um, that, or should we explain? Why don't you explain? Yeah, a little bit? at least how I've heard it used in my not Bible college, but almost Bible college, Christian college, is the idea that there's one person for you to marry, and you're gonna find that person, and you need to marry that person because there's that one person that's absolutely perfect for you. Um, or some people will say maybe that person isn't perfect for you, but it's the very best person for you. Um, there's no person that could be better for you than that person, and that's the person that you should marry. So wait till you find that person that is the best possible match. That's is that a good summary? Would you say? Yeah, I um, I don't agree with that. Okay. I when I was um, in in college, I was part of a Bible study for Bible study leaders. So like we would um, we would go to a men's Bible study, um, and it was at six a.m. in the morning. Ouch. And then we wow. would go, and during the course of that week, we would ha- each have our own group that we would lead through the same material. Was it, did you lead a men's Bible study too? I, yeah, so okay. I, it was. A, it, I was wondering was a, if it was a ploy to get Brianna over, and it was like no, co-ed. It, was, <laughs> it was definitely just dudes. Okay, um, uh, the women had a similar thing. Um, but one of the things that the guy said, uh, the the guy who led the whole initiative, his mm-hmm. name was Matt Gray. I really respect him, and he said, um, no relation, even though my mom's name is Gray. Um, but he said, you make the choice to love. And then you love the choice you make. So that was mm. his, like, mm-hmm. there is, obviously, there's a sense of infatuation and and um, that sort of, like, really hot feeling of being sick to your stomach and, oh, that's what being in love feels like. And that, that that's a real thing. I love that. I have that feeling toward my wife. But ultimately, I didn't marry her based on emotions, you know, hmm. I, I didn't. I, I married her because I wanted to be I, – I loved her for, for who she was. I didn't love her because of what I felt when I was around hmm. her, you know. Hmm. Be- and I know that's true because of how I've seen our relationship develop over the years and how we have a greater – in some ways a much greater – respect for each other than we did when we first got married because we've gotten to know each other better and 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 our love has grown because of that so that's how i know that our love wasn't mm-hmm. just that infatuation that might last or might not but is also and more importantly a deep spiritual bond based on an affinity based on um, being in wanting to make a covenant with each other to use like old testament language so I don't necessarily think that there's that that I think that God gives us the freedom to mm-hmm. find that person, to choose that person and to make our life with them. I don't think that like there's the case that if you um well, I'll pick on Grace. Oh boy. Uh, Grace um well, I I won't I'll let you talk about this if you want to, but sure. like let's say that you turned a guy down. So what I'm saying is you if, if you if you turn down a guy, yep. um, 
you I don't think you have to worry about whether that dude was somehow God's only mm, option for yep, you and yep, whoops good. now you're going to yep. be single forever. Yep. So I just don't believe in that. Yeah. I agree with you. I think I heard it said um by a pastor that I really respect. He said that there there isn't a concept of the one like there's only one person for you to marry and if you might miss your chance until you get married then that person becomes the one and there right. was like a a post from Desiring God or some somewhere, and they said like, if you're wondering if you married the right one, look down at your hand and see if you have a ring on it. If you have a ring on it, you found the right one. Absolutely. And I think that's absolutely true that. because, I mean, I think something else though a pastor did say to me was, he said there's um like you there there could be there's always someone like better quote unquote that you could have married but there is someone that you would have been more compatible with there is someone that like is more of this or is more of that sure there's someone somewhere in the world but the question is did you cross paths with that person did you choose did you commit like you said did you commit to that person um no you committed to this person so this person is your person yeah um and so yeah i agree with that but i think it's good a good thing i do sometimes call brianna my person your person (laughs) my woman (laughs) anyways i just i think it's helpful, especially for girls. I think girls struggle with this more than guys, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I have a lot of friends who struggle with this, and they, they struggle with, like, yeah, have I have I missed my chance if I broke up with this dude or if he broke up with me? And the reality is, like, no, God won't let you miss the person that you're supposed to marry. Darn right. You, and, and also, you do have free will with that, though, too. Like, you do get to choose who you're going to end up with. Um, and so, yeah, and there could there's different people. Like, you could marry this person, and there could be some benefits to that. And you can marry this person, you could, there could be some benefits to that. Every person's flawed. It's kind of choosing, at least from my perspective, it's choosing, like, what flaws are you willing to live with? What things, like, do you... What? <laughs> what? It's true. Well, that's kind of a... That's a very pragmatic way of looking it, at well, it. Well, I'm very pragmatic, Moses. I, I, I think... think I, I actually disagree with that. <laughs> okay, I don't okay. I don't think it's about weighing people's flaws and it's deciding that, whether you just, can live with someone's I'm not, flaws. I'm not saying it's about weighing people's flaws, but I am saying like everyone has flaws. Some people's flaws, like there are people, there's a person that I dated and it was like these flaws are like I've severely underestimated how much they would bother me and there's no way I could marry the person. Like, I'm sorry, there's just no way I could marry him. It was just, yeah, we're not compatible and I thought, you know, it would be fine because we were very different, but it ended up being we were too different. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. Like, you, there are some things, you get to choose, um, like, everyone's a sinner, right? Yeah. But everyone capitalizes on certain sins, right? So it's figuring out. So I don't know. I'm not saying that's the key thing. I'm just saying that's one of the things that I've realized is there people have strengths and weaknesses and you should figure out what what your strengths and weaknesses are and find someone to complement that. Not someone exactly like you, but not someone too different where you're like on different ways. I agree with that. You should also <laughs> be in love with the person. Of course, of course, of course. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, so we've covered that one. Uh, you talked about how you were kind of like thrown into the fire, so to speak, when you were like, when you were engaged, you didn't really know what was coming for you. I've always wondered this. Is it stressful, not with you specifically, but just with guys in general, is it stressful to be the head of your house? And in general, what are your thoughts on complementarianism? Which that's a big can of worms. You yeah. give like a brief. Well, I think my brief thing is that I would point to an awesome article which Joe Rigney wrote recently. Mm-hmm. Um, president on, of my school. Yes, the president of Bethlehem College and Seminary. And I think it's on the Council for Biblical Manhood and Womanhood website. So we'll link that in the show notes because 
I thought that was um, a really good biblical explanation of why we use the word complementarianism when what we really just mean is the idea that a man and woman complement each other in marriage, that they have different but complementary roles, that the man is generally going to be the leader of the house and the, the leader of his wife, the leader of his family, and that, uh, and that the wife's role is not less it's not less important, it's not less crucial, um, and how, like I've heard the idea that the husband is the general and the wife is the colonel who reports to him, and then she's in charge of what's underneath her, and he's in charge of the whole shebang, but they work together. They're, they're the command staff for the household. So, um, you know, that's pretty much how Brianne and I work, mm-hmm. um, like, that's 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 what works for us. I'm not going to say that that's the only thing that the only way that you should structure your marriage to have a successful marriage. Um, maybe I'll say that a little bit because I do think it's really natural to the personalities of men and women. Like I think I think men want to lead. I think men crave leadership, and I think women. This is going to be more controversial. I think women generally want to be led. Um, I think you can say that generally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. in 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 and marriage, you're always saying generally, like yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying in every specific case. So, um, and and to the 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 most difficult thing just in the first year of marriage was getting to grips, coming to grips with the idea that I have to lead, because to lead you have to fundamentally give up this idea that I'm an island. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. like that that was a problem for me. The Ouch. idea that that I get to do what I want to do. Brianna can do what she wants to do, but I get to do what I want to do. And in a marriage, that's not how it works. So that, that's not the type of male leadership mm. that I'm talking about. I don't do things, especially, let's say, big, important financial decisions. I don't do that type of thing unless Brianna is fully on board. If you're doing that and your wife is not fully on board and she has, obviously, um, good reasons, then you're stupid if you try to r- run roughshod over what your spouse yeah, wants. Yeah, listen to women. Yeah, yeah <laughs> l- listen to them up to a point. Um, <laughs> No, so I, going to your point, I do think like in general, you're right. In general, women do want to be led in the home. I would say, especially mm-hmm. like I want to be led in the home. Do I want to be? Uh, I do. Do I want to be led in other areas of my life? Not so much. I would like to Grace be leading wants in the to workforce. Essentially, be the president of the United States <laughs> and also be a submissive wife. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be the president, but okay. Sorry, I cut you off, but. <laughs> Uh, which is kind of like a yeah. Kamala Harris type situation. I know she's a big shall role we, model. Shall we move on? No. Shall <laughs> we move on to our next question? I feel like we're getting yeah. in the weeds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My other question for you would be, you were once a young man. You're not anymore. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Good grief. You're not, I don't though. have to stand up for this. I was eating candy before we filmed this. I was having a piece of licorice, and I was like, want a piece of Moses? And Moses was like, <laughs> no, I'm trying to stay in my diet. I gotta keep, keep the whole belly down. And I just... <laughs> So he's not as young as he once was, but true. you were once a young man, and you're still relatively young. I'll give you that. <laughs> you do have gray hair. Yes, I'm 30 years old. I'm I'm I have one foot in the grave. I told you that the friendly banter was truly gonna yeah snap in this episode. But okay, so what advice do you have for young men um, mm. that are Christians? I'm gonna clarify that that want to get married in the future, but they aren't dating yet. And okay, there isn't someone in sight. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll out this this slogan. Okay, and maybe you've heard it, but you might. It's right. become the type of man mm. that the woman you would want to marry would want to marry. Just Boom. think about 
a woman that you want to marry in general or specifically mm-hmm. and uh, what are her qualities what are her uh, what does she want Excellent. does she want a weak man who plays video games constantly Eats who's addicted constantly. to pornography <laughs> who um who is fat who is <laughs> out of shape i'm sorry but there it is you know yeah. like who okay, like if you struggle with your weight i struggle with my weight a little bit okay i mean this is <laughs> uh, this is it's all coming out right now Gosh. that's not what i'm talking about but if i'm you know i'm working out i'm trying to change that but if you are not willing to change to don't get worry married, Moses, you are skinny <laughs> oh stop <laughs> you're in shape stop 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 you're in shape. i don't i i don't want to hear that but seriously though it's it's a little bit like exercise, like physical discipline and mental discipline. If you can do the mental discipline to study for a big exam, if you can do the physical discipline to be able to run a mile without collapsing, then then you're. I think those are some of the skills that you need, broadly speaking, to um, to get to to become um, uh, to become an attractive potential spouse to somebody. And specifically for men, um, I do think that. Men need to have, uh, you know, if, if, if you're in a, in a marriage and, and you and your wife both work and maybe your wife even makes just as much as you do or more, whatever, fine. I, that sounds great uh, if it works for you and your spouse. But generally, I think the man should be the breadwinner. Just revealing that I'm super conservative. But if I'm president of the United States, just using, I'm using. Well, I hope that your husband would earn even more. <laughs> this is true, and I also don't want to be president. Anyways, the president only earns like 450. Grand. Yeah, I heard that it's actually not that much. Yeah, it's not that much money. Yeah. I mean, you could easily make more money. Um, As an entrepreneur, if you were in like Wall Street or something. So mm. anyway, probably a conflict of interest there. Um, so when Grace is president and this all this footage all comes out, oh gosh, I um, could never make it to be president after doing this podcast. <laughs> President Grace canceled after President old Evans. Evans. No, because you'd be married. Why are you having President Grace though? I'm not like President Joe, <laughs> President Biden. Well, I don't know what your married name will be, so that's how who's I to have to I'm refer be, to you. Who's going to be married by the time I, I'm president? You know, we've only ever had like one or two unmarried presidents out of mm. 45. And we've or... never had a woman president. Maybe I will be the first. I actually keep thinking about that. I really don't want Kamala to be the first woman president. So let's just pray that President Biden does not die. I'm just going <laughs> to read the tea leaves right now and I'm going to just say that I think race is a higher chance than Kamala Harris of being the first oh, let's, female let's, let's president. Oh, let's hope so. Um, okay, that's a great response. That's what I would say to young women too, like become the woman that the kind of per- the kind of man that you would want to marry would want to marry. So, so same, my same final team. word on that is have a job Pay your bills. Mm. Don't do porn. Mm. Um, work out. Don't eat crap. And um, go to church. Follow through. Be baptized. Take the sacraments. Mm. Get involved with your church. Be on the church. Uh, volunteer in the community. Mm-hmm. Serve the poor. Mm-hmm. You will become the type of person that the woman you want to marry would want to marry. Find me a man like that, let me tell you. <laughs> Okay, so the last question I have for you then, Moses, is what is one way that you've helped lead your family to change the culture for Christ? Yeah, so this is something that my wife and I haven't exactly done yet, but we're planning to do, and it's about education. Mm-hmm. So our children are very young, just three and on not even five months, or not even three, um, but we're looking at education. We're making plans. So one of those things is that we made a big financial decision together. Mm-hmm. And that big financial decision is for Brianna to enroll in something called the Searcy Institute Apprenticeship, which will train her to teach uh, in the classical method because the hope is that she would, it's kind of like a master's program, and the hope is that she would be able to uh, homeschool our children, 
or get involved in a homeschool group and contribute to that, or even um, go teach and then we send our kids to that school, whatever the future holds, probably homeschooling, um, that, that, we would, that we would do that. And that is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I, I'm it's surrounded by people who, yeah. I mean, I'm surrounded by people at church and my friends who are making the same decision, so it doesn't feel that weird. And yet, to commit to classical education, to commit to my, my wife staying home so that she can give her full attention to the raising and nurturing and education of our children is a huge sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if she was in the workforce, we could afford a bigger house, oh, nicer yeah. cars, more a vacations, pool. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And yet I feel Tesla. You could maybe buy Twitter with that money. (laughs) (laughs) After Elon lets us down. Depends on. Yeah, he did let us down. (laughs) Depends on the job. But anyway, so so that's. Not working here. (laughs) But I'm (laughs) sure. No, if Elon was making the big nonprofit dollars, he would not have even tried to buy Twitter. In fact, uh, maybe he started working for her nonprofit and that's why the whole thing (laughs) fell through. Conspiracy (laughs) theory. Anyways, great, great response. Yeah, so, so now I want to pivot because. I do want to talk. Not everybody's married, um, so I want to. We I want to address those of you in our audience I, who are well, maybe well, they want to be married. And so, I think, like a lot of books on marriage tend to focus pe- on people that are already married, which isn't bad. But I think it's also good to have the perspective of like, okay, well, what if you aren't? That's good. Yes, and also one more thing on that: um, if you are single, you will be the same person when you get married. It won't transform you in this in, insane way. That doesn't contradict what I said earlier. I'm saying you you need to actively change, work on yourself, um, and lay your sins at the foot of the cross. But you you are the same person fundamentally. So what I'm saying is that married people can learn from single people. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, learn from me. Just using. <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. So Grace, um, what do you think? it's important for single people to look for in a spouse? So the first thing that comes to mind when you ask that question is just um, a teachable spirit, which I'll expand on what I mean by that. But for me specifically, like, and I think, I guess it depends like on men and women, but I think this is good for both men and women is a teachable spirit um, because you don't want to marry someone where if you call them out or if you say, hey, we should change this habit in our lives, they're going to be resilient and feel like they're personally attacked by it yeah oh also someone with thick skin gosh um especially mm. for yeah because i don't like it definitely if I, they're gonna be marrying grace <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was one guy that i dated and again these are like great guys they're just not for me so you i called don't want a moron and you but, made him cry no 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 i just i just there was something that i <laughs> wanted guessing. to fix about his life i was like this is not god honoring like this is needs to be resolved and he like broke down and it's one of those things and it wasn't like he breaks down remorse fixes the problem it's like can't move on with this life because because um what i said was so scary and like you just you have to be able to have thick skin you have to be able to take take those things but also be um yeah teachable and i think that's really important and i think that ties into humility which is very important yeah. ties into servant-heartedness which is also very important especially like i mean i think it's important for men and women but for me i'm like i want to marry a guy that's that is a, that has a servant's heart because I would not like to marry someone who never wants to help with anything around the house. Like, it never is looking for ways to serve. Just admit it. You want breakfast in bed every morning. No, I would actually hate that. I don't even eat breakfast some days. But if you did, you would want your husband to bring it to you. I want someone who's servant-hearted because I I think there's probably nothing. There's probably things that are more disturbing, actually. But it's just, like, it would be so annoying if my husband came home from work and he was, like, 
you've just worked nine, eight hours, I've just worked eight hours, but you get to keep working another five hours until we go to bed, and I'm just going to sit on the couch and watch TV. Like, that's the, like, um, we've both just worked for that much time, assuming, like, I'm at home. Maybe I work too. I don't know. I'm just saying certain-heartedness. Right. That's important it's for important. me to think that, yes, when I come home, I've worked for eight hours, but so has my wife. Right. I, I do not treat her as if she's been sitting on her you know, on the couch all day. Yeah, exactly. Because it's really hard raising kids. And you could say it's like harder. And I would say it's definitely more important than any job, other job you could have. Okay, so here's... But one more thing. One yeah, more yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, would be for if you're a woman and you're looking for a man, one thing that I think is absolutely essential is that he's visionary. And by that, I mean that he Doesn't lays... Doesn't wear glasses. <laughs> no. That he lays No out contacts either, Moses. ladies. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I didn't do this to you. Actually, kind of did. <laughs> okay, but I mean, but what I mean by this is, don't marry a man that can't lay out a vision for what he wants his life to look like. Like, make him not. Don't make him actually. Wait for him. Expect him to bring up to you what kind of a life he wants to live. He doesn't have to have all the details figured out. He doesn't yeah. even need to know exactly what he wants to do with his career. But what does he want his home life to look like? That is something that should be expected. Yeah. Um. What What is what does he want? What sort of education does he want for his kids? Um, he needs to be able to vision cast for you, and he should yeah. be able to, like, include your insight. I will say I will say that that's something that I had not thought that much about, mm-hmm. and Brianna made me think about it. Mm. Because yeah. on dates, she would ask questions about education. Good. And mm-hmm. actually, we had a little bit of a tiff because Ooh, th- this was this was something that mattered a lot more when you're dating than when you're married, really. Like, because I said, well, I went to private school. I love that. And I want that for my kids. Mm-hmm. And, and she, she said, said well, no. I was homeschooled and I loved it. And I want that for my kids. Right. And yeah. so and so that was like that there'll be a, pub- a little bit of friction. Or... And now now we're both like, yeah, whatever works for the yeah. kids, whether it's yeah. private or, or homeschooled. So like. Um, you, as a woman, I suggest that you ask questions of your spouse that will lead him to think about things, which honestly some men haven't thought about and that's okay. But as long as they are willing to think about it, I'm not saying like shut up and expect him to like bring everything up. But what I am saying is like, you shouldn't be having to vision cast in every sphere of life for him. If you're doing that, I've found myself doing that with one guy and it was like, I'm saying this is what the life I want to live and like he'd be standing on to my mission and my vision rather than me standing on to his and I think you should look out for that if you're a girl you shouldn't be doing that you can contribute to it but you shouldn't have you shouldn't have everything mapped out and if a guy well you should have things mapped out but if you have everything mapped out and you say this is what I want for my life and a guy looks and goes exactly that's exactly what I want for my life what everything you said then you probably have a problem because he probably doesn't have a backbone he probably hasn't thought about this deeply and he's probably going to be not a leader he's probably going to be a follower on the other hand he could just be very in sync with you or he, could, but I'm sure that he would have other suggestions. He would be like, "Well, this and this." He wouldn't just be like, "Exactly what you said and exactly how you said it." Sure, sure, so. fair enough. Okay, here's maybe a harder question. Okay, what advice would you give to people uh, your age, um, early twenties, or or even mid late twenties, who want to get married but they just don't seem to have anybody out there? And I think this is really helpful. This might be helpful, especially for people who have left college. Maybe they've even moved to a different city, yeah. and they just don't know as many people. Um, yeah, so what would you say? Well, speaking from my experience as a married woman, just using <laughs> No, but I do think it's a great question. And I think it is it is good to get, like, the perspective of someone who isn't married yet. Um, I guess I would say I was reading Elizabeth Elliot this morning because I'm reading Let Me Be a Woman. And I've read it parts of it before, but I've never read it straight through. And one of the chapters, they're really short chapters. It's like a page or two for one chapter. Or they're mini essays. That's basically what they are. One the one, one of the ones I read this morning was on, like, The Gift of Singleness, I think was the title. Mm. And she made the point that 
you should trust in the gifts that God has given you in the now and don't allow a bitterness or a graspiness towards gifts that he has given other people um, to encompass your gratitude for what he has given you. Yeah. And I think that's really good. And of course, it's like way easier said than done, um, especially if you're totally. 30 and if you're a woman too, because I think it's a lot, I think it's hard for men and women, but for women, especially it's like, well, we generally expect the guy to make the first move. And I don't think that's wrong. And it can be hard because yeah, I feel like in general, men tend to get married earlier because they're out there pursuing the woman. So I think it can be hard for women. Um, I want to read this quote from Elizabeth Elliot that I actually looked up. It was from that chapter that I read. She says, if you are single today, the portion assigned to you for today is singleness. Mm -hmm. It is God's gift. Singleness ought not to be viewed as a problem nor marriage as a right. God in his wisdom and love grants either as a gift, which I think is good. And I think she talks about, you know, singleness is not a problem and marriage is not a right. And I think you can apply that even to children. Like children are not a right. They're a gift. Mm, And some couples struggle with infertility, which is tragic. But and but then we have this like cultural problem where we think things are our rights. Like if we want to have a kid, who is God to tell us that we can't have a kid, right? Yeah. Um, so we have this like haughtiness towards God or we want to get married. And if there isn't the right guy for us or if that guy hasn't proposed yet, then that's our right. So why isn't God getting a move on it? But the truth is like singleness is truly a gift. I'm yeah. Personally, I think it's a gift. I mean, you get to be a lot more selfish when you're single. I think um, it's definitely a gift that Grace specifically has. The gift of singleness. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways. Grace I, has just been particularly <laughs> blessed in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Good grief. Okay. Um, I think that you, you're you able to be more selfish when you're single. And maybe not selfish necessarily in a bad way if it's a way to be you can be more self-focused is what I want to say. Yeah. So you can be more focused on your career plans, which we'll probably get into later. We'll talk a little bit about that. You can be more focused on what you want to accomplish with your life for the kingdom. And you have a lot more time to give, right? And so you can serve in the church a lot easier. And that's that's what you should do when you're single. Paul talks about the gift of singleness. And so I think she's right. Don't treat it like a problem. One other thing she wrote, um, she's recalling what Jim wrote to her in one of her letters. She says, this is quoting him, let not our longing slay the appetite of our living. Um, And I think that's really good. She then goes on to say, there are a lot of single women who are allowing their longing to slay the appetite of their living. They are not throwing their heart and soul into the will of God for today because they are simply dying inside for something that God has not given them. And we all need to hear that. Yeah. And that made me, when I read that this morning, I thought of that quote from Harry Potter. It's probably a quote somewhere else, but it said, it's it's the quote the Mirror of Arisid says to Harry, I think. Oh, no, it's what Dumbledore says to Harry after he looks in the mirror of Arisid, which shows someone, like, what they most want in the world. Yeah. And he said, it does not do to dwell on dreams and forget to live. Yeah. And I think that's really good because there's so many good things that God has given us, so many beautiful things, even if they're just small things, that we c- can totally take for granted if we're caught thinking about, well, what about the future? And, like, what about this one thing that, like, my friend has, but I don't have that gift? Well, guess what? There's probably someone that you know in your life or someone close to you that has cancer and what they really want is the gift of health. And you have that gift of health. There's things like that. Like I know someone very close to me that from our church that has stage four cancer and it's very tragic because she has a young, young baby and such a sweet marriage with her husband. And it's so sad. And, you know, I'm sure that's one, one of the things she wishes for is the health. And so there's so many, so many things that we want and try to grasp for when we don't realize how much we have already been given. So that'd be my response. That's so true. That's so true. Um, yeah, like when Brianna and I have uh, conversations about money, which is always well, it's it's notorious for being a tough thing for married couples to talk about, and um, generally for Brianna and I, it's it's not as difficult <laughs> than as it must be for some people. But um, you know, like 
we were recently talking about that and we just brought both brought to this moment of humility realizing mm. like there's there's all these things we want mm. uh financially that we that we don't have but the but just thinking about listing what we do have mm-hmm. financially but also you know more importantly in other ways all the ways in which we have been so richly blessed mm-hmm. focusing on having i hate this phrase but i find myself using it the gratitude attitude mm-hmm. <laughs> i actually have a friend in college who's awesome and he was like Every time, this was freshman year when we were talking, he was like, every time I think of something negative and I say something negative, then I try to say something positive, which I think mm. is good. Like, yeah. think of something positive every time you're like, you you complain. Every time you complain, think yeah. of something positive. And it doesn't need to be about that thing, but something positive. Because there's for every bad thing, there's always a good thing. That's true. Okay, so last question, Grace. Last question. Yes. Do you think <laughs> that um, young men and women should look at their calling slash career first or relationships and marriage now because that because you've been talking about mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. how there can be that tension and you've talked even about how that's been in your existing previous relationships this ch- this tension between calling to mm-hmm. a career and calling to marriage so how do you parse that that's a very complicated question i think that could be a full book it could be a full podcast episode um i think it depends if you're already married or not i think it depends if you're a woman or a man um, in general, though, let's just say I'm going to actually speak to single women right now, I guess. Um, so if you're a single woman, you're not dating anyone, not married. And w- the question is, do you prioritize your future marriage or do you prioritize your calling slash career? Now, I would say your career and your future marriage, but like assuming you're going to get married in the future, are both callings. Like they're both part of your calling. Yeah. It's not like, oh, your calling is only your career. Or your calling is only to be a wife and a mother someday. I think that's like it encompasses who you are, all of those things. And I think... Um, I think you can, I think if you're a a woman and you're single and there's no guys in sight, it's perfectly fine to pursue a career because you have to support yourself. You should not, the last thing you should do is sit on your butt and wait for a man to find you and do nothing with your life, live in your parents' home and work like 10 hours a week, 15 hours a week and do the bare minimum. Yeah. There's, there's no reason for you to do that. You should use your gifts to your fullest while you're single. Again, serving in the church is a great way to do that. Um, I think you can pursue your career, but I think something to keep in mind as you're pursuing your career is, is this career that I'm pursuing, is it something that I would be willing to give up if necessary? Like if I did have kids someday. And um, would this career be the sort of thing that is like fitting for me to pursue, given the fact that I want to be a wife and a mother someday. Right. And of course, that's that's hard, and there's no like blanket answer like yes, this is fitting, or no, that's not fitting. That's where you have to use prudence. But for instance, like that's why I don't ever. That's one of the reasons why I don't ever want to be president of the United States. You know, like that for to me, that's not a very fitting role for me if I wanted to be a wife and a mother at the same time. Um, I'm not saying that no woman can handle that, but you also have to figure out like who you are personally. Like for me. I don't like being split focused. I like to be all in with what I'm doing, which you mm-hmm. probably know that about me. Like I'm all in or I'm not in at all. And so for me, maybe this will change. But for me, I think it would be hard for me to be fully dedicated to my job and fully dedicated in home. I think that would be really hard. Yeah. Not saying I could work, couldn't work a little bit outside of the home, but I think that would be hard. So I think keeping those things in mind um, is essential. And then let's say – so I talked about if you're single and there's no man in sight. I think it's fine to, fine to pursue a career, but keep those things in mind. If you are married and you do have a career – and let's say you don't have kids yet, you might have kids in the future, um, sure, you can continue to pursue your career, but I think you should still have a heart towards home, even if you are working full-time. Maybe you work in corporate, that's fine. Whatever it is, make sure you're using your gifts, but make sure you're not neglecting the things that you should be making beautiful. Uh, Make sure you're not neglecting um, things that you are called to do. Yeah. 
make sure you're still loving your husband and make sure you're not letting that icky feminist side of you get out. Like, that's that's what I have to fight against because cause I'm not a feminist. I don't want to be a feminist, but I do have that, like, oh, equality, like, that, like, gut that gut reaction sometimes. And I think we, a lot of us have to fight against this that. This will be shocking to our viewers and listeners. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that Grace has a feminist side. But I think you did have one final question for me. Um, uh, yeah. So do you think that do you think that God has called you to singleness? Um, are you planning to uh, put on a habit, uh, maybe be like Maria in... I could um, be Paul's doppelganger. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Yeah, that's definitely... Um, <laughs> Not what I had pictured. But okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, there's no evidence that Paul was, like, never married, too. That's the thing. He oh, could have been interesting. married. I, I, Elizabeth Elliot has pointed that out, too. Like, he could have been married and then now is single. But anyways, um, or then was single when he's writing his epistles. I guess, okay, yes, has God called me to be single? Yes, because I'm single. Will God sure. call me to be married in the future? Maybe he will. Yeah. Um, has God, God called me to be single for the, my entire life? I don't know. I don't hope so. Like, I would like to get married at some point. But if... God wants me to be single, then I'm going to be, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be single. But, yeah. yeah, the question of, like, has God called you to X? Sure, he's calling me to that for now. Maybe yeah. for the rest of my life, maybe not. Um, we will see. And as far as taking up the habit, I'm not going to purposefully try to be celibate. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, I think that's interesting. I wanted, to, I think that's a good thing for people to remember. Just what you were saying earlier, like, from Elizabeth. Elizabeth Elliot, mm-hmm. if you have, if th- this singleness right now is it's a, a gift from God, marriage is a gift from God. So if whatever position you're in, find find the way to be contented, find yeah. a way to serve God in that. And for me, I have a lot of flexibility right now because I'm single and it's great. And I, I you know, I'm 21 years old. I have no need to be married right now. I'm young. Um, I think young marriage can be a great thing, which maybe that would have been a cool topic to talk about too a little bit more. But running out of time for this podcast episode but I guess like there's a lot of things I can do right now if you're single like me either a guy or a gal you can do a lot with your life right now so don't waste that time um you have a lot of time to give a lot of talents to give find out what your talents are pour uh, use those talents to pour into people those around you because you're Mm -hmm. if you're going to get married in the future you're never going to have this much time ever again so use mm-hmm. that time wisely. That's what I'm doing. Um, like, will I ever be able to have so much time to study for the LSAT again? Probably not, unless I am single for the rest of my life. But right now I have the time to do that. I yeah. might have three more years where I can, like, go to law school and have that time. I might have that time. Um, if you get married in college, you might not have that time or time to dedicate to that. So mm-hmm. figure out what you want to do. Pursue it joyfully. But make sure, yeah, make sure you are living in gratitude for what God has given you. Absolutely. And that's that's a great note to end on whatever. Um, as Paul says, I've learned whatever situation I am in life mm-hmm. to be content. And that is not something that comes naturally to us, but it's something that we can uh, hold on to through the gospel of Christ, whether we're single and want to be married uh, or married and going through the going through the difficulties of life together with a with our spouse. So that has been the marriage episode of the Family Beacon podcast. Knowledge. Thank you so much for tuning <laughs> in. Uh, go watch The Princess Bride. That's another way to get ready for marriage. I actually uh, don't like that movie. Can you oh wow! It? Bombshell right here at the end. Okay, <laughs> on that bombshell, it is time to end. Thank you so much for watching, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks for listening to or watching this episode of the Family Beacon Podcast from Minnesota Family Council. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you're up to date on life, family, and religious freedom. You can follow us on Instagram at MN Family Council and subscribe to us on YouTube to watch our content. Get the facts, stand for truth. Mm-hmm.